This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 217. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing never better, and this is a show about colored pencil where we discuss, you guessed it, colored pencils and anything and everything in between and everything concerning the colored pencil artist. So, Lisa, what are we talking about today? We are talking about some of the details involved in taking commissions. So not so much on the artwork side, well, maybe some tips for the artwork as well, but a lot in in dealing with clients. Yeah. You know, one of the things you hear a lot of times is, oh, are you going to start taking commissions or you should start taking commissions or, um, you know, what what are you going to start doing now? Are you going to um, work on trying to get a body of work together and then submitting to galleries? Or are you going to start doing private shows or solo shows or are you going to take commissions like like it's just nearly expected that everyone should take commissions like that's the natural progression in your art career and it doesn't necessarily have to be so these are some considerations that we think are pretty important so going into somebody's contacted you they want you to paint their dog or their child or whatever else the first thing you're going to start with First, they need to have an idea of your price. Don't fall into, well, I need to see it first. I need to see the photo before I can give you a price. You should have a pretty good set and be set on this. Don't be wishy-washy. Have a set price. What are you going to charge for, let's say, just head and shoulders, whether it be a pet or a person? And I charge different based on whether it's a pet or a person. I find that that pets are a little bit, e- well, a lot easier. They're a lot more forgiving because, you know, their face is covered in hair. It's not as, as difficult, yeah. at least to me, as drawing people portraits. But have a set price list for what size, you know, if it's an eight by 10 for head and shoulder of a dog, it's this much eight by 10 head and shoulders of a person, it's this much, and then go up for the common sizes that you offer. If it's two people, it's this much. Before you even start taking commissions, you should have hashed this out and have a pretty good idea of what you want to charge. Now, I don't recommend charging on the high end. If you see somebody who's been taking commissions for 20 years, you're not going to be able to demand the same. Well, you may, you you may demand it. It just may not get paid that the person who's more experienced is demanding they build that client list you know if you're I'm talking more about if you're just getting started you want to start a little bit low now I do see artists really undercut themselves where they're like yeah I'm gonna do 40 hours of work and I'm only gonna charge you $25 okay don't do that either you know you've got to find the happy medium of of what's fair and when you charge too little people have a tendency to devalue your work they assume you're not very good then so you know you don't want to go too far to one extreme or the other kind of look at what other people are charging who are getting commissions who are doing about the same quality of work as as you are but they're actually getting the the jobs. I think that would be a good way to start. But you want to have a set 
priceless to give somebody when they come to you. Because if you start the wishy-washy, well, maybe this much, I don't know. I need to see it first to know. Well, you shouldn't have to see it. You should know how much you would, will demand for certain types of commissioned, you know, I'm still going with portraits. But the but the one caveat I would put in that is that you do demand that you uh, see the photo first, because a lot of times what you'll get is somebody says, oh, yeah, this is the most clear in focus photo ever. And then you get some grainy oh, out of focus photo. That yeah, kind of that's thing. not what I'm talking about. What, what I'm talking, talking about? about is somebody says, I want you to do a portrait. Show them your price list. Don't agree to the portrait. Show them your price list because what what you're doing there is filtering out those who are going to be serious versus those who are not. I'm not going to waste three days back and forth picking the perfect photo to find out, oh, your prices are too expensive. Let them know what your prices are and you're not agreeing to anything. You've got it obviously before you set on for sure this is what it's going to be. You need to see that photo. Absolutely. I'm not oh, going I thought to accept you said, any commission. Um, oh, okay. I must yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I miss. But what I'm saying is make Make sure they're aware of what they're getting into before you go through the process of picking the perfect, perfect reference. Oh, yeah. Photo. They, yeah, the client, you're right. Yeah. The yeah. client does need to be aware of what the price is. I see list this is. all the time. And I've had this when I first started doing portraits. This would happen to me all the time. They'd want to do a portrait. I'd, ha okay, send me the photo. Cause I don't know. In my brain, that's the order you should do things. Can I even work from that photo? They would send me a photo. No, that one won't work. They'll send me another one. We'll pick one that will work. I sometimes I would do a little bit and of photo with prices. the background. <laughs> And, and then, no. yeah, and they're, they're like, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. too expensive. Yeah, you learn that after one or two times yeah. that that doesn't so if, work. <laughs> yes. So yeah. what I used to do, and it really made it for a lot less awkward conversation, I would just have my price list on my website. And when somebody, like friends, because it would happen a lot with friends, were usually the ones who I found to be the most rude about that. Or I'd say more acquaintances than friends. But they would contact me and, yeah. this is so pretty. Can you paint this for me? Sure, here's my price list. And it, it took out a lot of that awkward, well, right. I think I'll charge this much you know that's too hot you know there's no haggle going on in there there's yeah. just here are my price well, list if you want to move forward well they may haggle anyway but yeah well <laughs> the worst is, it, the worst are friends usually or acquaintances where and i've had them even say this i mean this was several years ago now but they would say i'll pay you 40 bucks if you'll do yes. my dog or something <laughs> like oh wow yeah, you're so generous the, i'll pay for your supplies that was always yeah, my favorite yeah. oh you know how much a set of my pencils cost yeah you're going to uh, pay for anyway, all craziness. the supplies. Well, <laughs> You're going to get restarted on, on new pencils. You, yeah, exactly. Well, something else on pricing, though, I think that uh, needs to be considered is not and not just I'm glad we brought up uh, materials because we, we need to think about materials. We need to think about uh, the time that it takes. But beyond that, I mean, if you do have gallery representation or if you have a a large demand on you because of other commitments in your art business, maybe you have a large um, social media following that that you're accountable to or you do online uh, courses or something and and you have a lot of busyness in your schedule where you need to be available for those things then i think that you have to consider those things and you do have to price yourself a little bit higher i see some of you're talking about some of these low um commission uh portrait artists lisa and i've seen some of these out here where they'll say things like i'm not taking commissions at the current time i'm booked up until you know i don't know 2021 or something like that and then you look at their price list and they're charging like 50 dollars, 70 dollars yes it's like how how are you even making a living 
I don't, I don't, I, I could not do that. I wouldn't be able to make any money if that's yeah, all you charge. I have charged. a friend who is doing that and her work is They're starving phenomenal. to death. Yes. Yeah, and she that. couldn't, she was always behind. She always had a wait list. So that's great. But she uh-huh. was always stressed because she always had the people, when's mine done? When is mine going right. to be done? Which, you know, brings us into something that, that I think you need to be very clear about too with your client. How long is it going to take you? If you don't know how long it's going to take you, you're really not ready to take commissions. Right. I mean, maybe loosely for family and friends that aren't going to be as, as firm on this, but you need to know, okay, I can get this done in two weeks or maybe it'll take you two months, whatever it is. It's, it doesn't really matter how long it takes you, but you need to know how long it takes you. Yeah. And you need to tell them. And what I generally would recommend, tell them it's going to take a week or two longer than you think it will take you that way if you get sick family emergency whatever you're not you know putting them off and one of the things that i see artists do a lot i see posts like this all the time online where they're so mad at their client for not understanding that they were sick for not understanding that this happened or that happened you know what that's not on the client that's on you. I mean, you are the professional here and people may be sympathetic to some extent, but I see this where artists, you know, some artists time after time after time have excuses. It's, it actually kind of shows you um, just a, a side story to give you an idea. Um, my husband listens to a podcast and he paid for it and it's like some ghost hunter podcast. I don't know. He likes to listen to it before he goes to bed and scare himself, I guess. But he um, he really likes this guy and he likes the podcast. So he signed up for it and he's got certain dates, you know, once a week on this day, he's supposed to get one and then he's supposed to get the free one on this one. And it, he had this, the guy had this whole thing spelled out exactly when you're going to get his podcast, exactly when you're going to get everything. He is always late in the, re- the excuses are so ridiculous. I mean, he sprained his ankle, his car broke down, his air conditioner broke, his internet went out, his power went out. His, Sounds I like mean, he just doesn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just bad at sticking to a schedule. He's, you can tell, we've met this guy in person. He's he's on the lazy side of things. You can definitely tell. He, he's not a hard worker. I mean, he's cool. He's a good storyteller. And that's what's kind of fun to listen to him talk. But he's, he's so inconsistent with uploading. And the worst part about it are the nonstop ridiculous excuses where it's so yeah. clear he's well, see, lying well see he, he okay so he he doesn't know himself very well is what it sounds like yeah because and that's you, what you, you don't want to be that artist yeah yeah he, he should not be a person that holds himself to deadlines i mean he really shouldn't exactly. until I mean, he learns how to yeah. discipline himself in and that, he can in that be way. months and months late on some of the projects that he said he was certain they'd be out by this time and, and the wow. biggest thing are the ridiculous the line is what what bothers the client the most when you have so Stubbed many excuses, maybe you did have these things happen unlikely when you get to this point where there's so many excuses but it makes you look very very bad and promise me they will badmouth you online if they wait and because you're going to expect a deposit so they've given you money which you better be taking deposit yeah you have to do that that's for sure but you you keep pushing things back keep having excuses and maybe you were just really unlucky and stuff happened this is why you want to always tell them it's going to take you longer than it will but have it ready early yeah the one thing with that don't expect them if you have it early don't expect them to have the final funds for you, the final payment, until the actual due date. If they want to pay you early and get it early, great. But don't don't get mad. And I've seen artists on the flip side get mad. Well, I had it done two weeks early and they weren't ready to pay me yet. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, you have to be professional in this dealing, in, in this relationship. And it brings me to our next point, really, and I, I want to back up for a moment. You, you've got to have a contract. And if you're having any problems with that, you can always email me. I've got a contract that I use all the time. I, I usually give that out to my Sharpened Artist Academy students. But if you guys would like to have a copy of that and position it for yourself, it's easy enough to do. But the other thing about that is you have got to build in that buffer time and you've got to treat those dates. And like like you pointed to, like you alluded to, Lisa, putting in a couple of weeks, I think that's a good idea. It depends on how long you said initially, if it's going to take you two months or a month and a half, then I would build two two weeks at least or maybe even a little bit longer. But then work as hard as you can on being so early and then not delivering it, like you said, until the due date. Because what what that does in the person's mind, even if they don't badmouth you anywhere else or badmouth you on, online or to other people, what happens, though, is they don't have a good, warm, fuzzy feeling about you, and they're probably not going to commission with you ever again. Strike while the iron is hot. And when someone is excited about getting a commission from you, they're going to feel good about that exchange once it's time. And when they get the product from you and they exchange that money for that particular artwork, they're going to feel good about it. And there's going to be a lot of good things that can always come from that. That contract, though, it needs to stipulate a few very important things in there. You need to talk about the fact that you are the owner of the copyright. This is your artwork. And when you decide you're going to do a piece, you need to make sure that you have the rights to that photo. And if it's somebody that is local, someone nearby then I recommend you go over there and you take your own photo references if that's possible. If it's not possible, then you make sure that you contact the photographer and you get the rights to recreate this piece of artwork. And it is a derivative work usually, so you want to make sure you stipulate that and you have a written agreement between you and the photographer. But you need to also make sure that the client knows that any reproductions of this artwork is not allowed if that's what you're going to put in your contract. That's what I put because you are the original copyright owner of this artwork. If they want some other copies of it, they can contact you. Next, you've, you've come up with the contract. You've agreed on a price always agree on that price first. I see this so often where artists who are decent skill-wise, they're just so bad at the, the business side of it. Tell them they're not sure how much it's going to cost even before they start. I've seen this. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. I don't think, I mean, most people, maybe most people wouldn't do that, but I've seen it enough that it's like, that's terrifying. Um, I'll let you, we'll see how much it's going to be once they get started. Once they get started and start working because they're not sure how much they yeah, charge, no. how long it'll take. Again, if you're in that place, you're not ready to take commissions. Don't right. do it. So the next thing is, when should you show your client the updates? Yeah, this is a For me- one. The, okay, so some artists will work like top of the paper to the bottom, and so it looks completed every square inch of the way. I don't work that way. I'm either. jumping all over the place. Those early photos can terrify a client where they look at it and go, oh, this isn't very good. Well, especially if we're talking about color pencil. I mean, you, yes. get, you get to that middle stage where it's very ugly. 
and mm-hmm. you show that to somebody, they're they're going to have second thoughts about whether whether or not they should have hired you in the first place. What I, I wouldn't might, show them at all yeah. until it's done. What I might show is the initial line drawing so they're sure yeah. that they like the composition. Yeah, That would true. be it. Um, besides that, I usually get my background done before I get the foreground. I might show that. But even then, what, what you need to do is design it and make sure you're very clear about what they want before you get started. You know you want this color background because it's not like, like with acrylic painting, I can change the color of the background. You're not going to do that with colored pencil. You might be able to darken it a bit or, you know, make slight adjustments, but you can't change the color. So make sure, and this needs to be in your contract, all of those details, what colors they've chosen, they don't get to change. And your contract needs to include the fact that they can't make changes. If they're hiring you, they need to trust your artistic ability. They need to have seen enough in your portfolio to know that you can accomplish what it is that they're looking for. So this whole, can you change that? Can you change this? There's a bunch of, you know, this is off, that is off. Now, there are exceptions because I have seen where people, where client or artists were frustrated that the client thought the eyes were too wide or this, or, you know, little random things and they showed their reference photo and the client was correct. The artist kind of failed on some of these elements. And these are times where you as the artist need to be, this isn't on the client just requesting random changes. This is you as the artist made a mistake. Uh, you know, that's a big deal in a portrait. If the eyes or nose or something is shaped around, it doesn't look like the person anymore. So... Now, hopefully, by the time you're taking commissions, you're you're going to be perfect with that or close to. But in those cases, I might, if it's colored pencil and it's something you can't easily fix, I may go ahead and start over. I do think that would be one thing that I would you know, recognize I've had to do it. There's only one time the client didn't point it out. I noticed I finished it and was like, this just isn't good enough. And I went, it was graphite. So it was fast enough to to redo for me, but it just wasn't up to my own standards. I think you need to be realistic about what you've created so that you can catch it before the client does. Ideally, if something is off, but don't, you know, don't accept the nonstop. Well, can now you, now can you put a bow in her hair? Can you put out a necklace? Can you change the collar? Can you, whatever, that all needs to be very clear, especially with colored pencil more so than almost any other medium. You can't make changes once I start. And again, going back to that contract, it needs to be very, very clear um, that they can't do that. I had a guy contact me once. He wanted portraits of his three dogs. And he, when he asked the question, at what point in the, the painting do I get to request my changes. Uh, no, if you already know you're requesting changes, then I'm not the artist for you. You yeah. can seem the quality of my work and that you shouldn't have to request changes. You know, that's the fact that you're looking forward to that step. No, we're not working together. So, you know, you and, and some of this you learn the more commissions you take, but you do want that in your contract, what changes you will or won't make. So that's just really important. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so let's say we're getting close now to the end, and I want to talk about, I want to handle some of the responses (laughs) that you get. (laughs) Invariably, you're going to get some feedback from the client. Um, and here's here's the biggest thing that I would recommend uh, for anyone that's starting out taking commissions when you're dealing with the client. Don't treat them like they're another artist because they're not. Even the ones that sometimes say they're an artist or sometimes say, oh, yeah, I used to do art. Don't take that for granted and think that they understand a lot of things regarding art. So that means a couple of things. One thing in particular, make sure you educate them on how to take care of the artwork That includes how to care for the artwork after it's framed or if you're not going to get it framed, explain to them how 
to frame it, you know, archival materials and all of that, museum conditions, humidity, all those things that, that matter, um, protecting against UV rays, all that stuff. Make sure you educate them on that. The second thing that you have to be prepared for is just don't get upset when they don't get all excited about the artwork. Some people just don't get excited about artwork. They like it, uh, especially if they're gifting it for someone else. They're you're getting it done and they're going to gift it maybe uh, the husband to the wife. I've had that happen a lot of times, things like that. And uh, they're just like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Thanks. Okay. And, uh, you know, you're talking to another artist. They're like, oh, it's awesome. Look at that. Look how you did this and that, you know. But you're not always going to get that. Sometimes you will. And when you do, it's great. But here's some other things that may happen. You may get some criticisms and just be prepared for it. Try as hard as you can. I, I'm thinking of myself back whenever I started. And sometimes it would really bother me. But now it doesn't bother me so bad. But I understand it now. But I would get things like this. Well, the expression looks off or uh, the cat. Uh, I remember this one in particular. The cat looks uh, he looks like he's mean and he's he's not mean and he's real well contented. And he, his expression makes him look like he's not uh, content right now and he's mean. Um, how about um, did you totally freehand this one? Um, why are the eyes a different color? Uh, what the hair doesn't look like it's the right color. Or that's not the background uh, color that I gave you in the photo. Those are some of the things I've actually heard. <laughs> I don't know if you yeah. want to add to that list, Lisa. But yeah, and the, the color so thing humorous. is a big one, too, because that can be a difference in your monitor. And I yes. I actually was the person who was wrong in this. So I did a painting of a corgi and it airbrushed background and then the oil over acrylic. I mean, super detailed. And the photo on the computer, I didn't realize my monitor was giving everything kind of a purplish tinge or like it was a little bit closer to magenta than the warm so it was kind of you know yeah going the wrong direction there and she asked me about it i looked at it on it she goes yeah that's not really what color he is and i look at it on another monitor oh yeah that was a problem with my monitor and, i mean oh. luckily because i was in oils at that point on the stage it was easy to glaze and tone down the color no problem at all but you, you may want to check on a couple of monitors if yeah you haven't check on already. your ipad I, check on your phone exactly check your phone on, you know I had no idea that computer monitor had been casting this this tint. Mm. Um, and it was enough, you know, when you're doing a portrait, that that does matter to yeah, the person if it's not matter. the actual color. So it was an easy, easy fix. But, you know, be open to, I think you have to be reasonable about what, uh, you know, what requests to change things are, are correct, valid. like in yeah. this case. Yeah, that's a valid, valid complaint versus what are just ridiculous. Add a bow now. I'm done. It's done. You can't go back and add a bow. Um, yeah. I had one person, and my husband used to give me crap for this uh, when I did a, an Italian Greyhound portrait, and she insisted I put a red bow on the dog's neck. Now, this was in, in oil over acrylic, so it was something I could add, but it was just like, it looks terrible, and I knew it would look terrible. This painting was beautiful before. I took the photos um, that I wanted. I think she wanted the color changed. I pulled some of the background color into the bow. She hated that. Well, now it just looks like it's a sticker stuck onto it. It doesn't fit with the painting. Nope, yeah. she wanted straight stop sign red or something like that. So my husband, when I told him about it, he's like, let her have her ketchup on her steak. She's paying for yeah. it. You know, <laughs> it right. looks bad, but let her go ahead and do that. And so what I did is I took the photos that I, you know, where it looked better to use on my website, but went ahead and took the, I think it was like a blue tint from the background. There was something on it. I forget what it was exactly. I'd have to look right. it up. It was years ago, but you know, sometimes you'll get some weird requests in that right. case that it was an easy enough thing for me to do. It took five minutes, but I took the photos to show on my website where it looked better and then gave her the 
ketchup on the steak. <laughs> but Ian, you, here's the thing with commissions. Don't feel like that is the end all of being an artist. No. I don't take commissions anymore. If I do commissions, it's like for a friend where I'm not, I'm not taking payment for it. I'll do it in exchange for, you know, fish products or whatever. I had to stop taking them. I just can't give the proper um, customer service. I just can't do it. I don't have time for the customer service side. Yeah, I have the time to do the painting. It's the back and forth, the, the design, the confirming everything. There's a I lot of back can't. and forth. There is. Actually. And if you don't have that time or the patience, the patience might be the thing for you. Don't feel like it is the end all, something you have to do to be a good artist. Um I mean, I did it. I made money to buy more supplies and, and, and it was good for me for many years, but I definitely am, I don't miss it. We'll go there. We should I do a show on that it. sometimes um, because there's a lot of things that we may think in our mind make us an artist or not. And uh, that would definitely be one of those that sometimes people think um, once I take commissions, that makes me an artist and that just yeah. ain't the case. So don't have to do it. All right. So these these are cool. Um, and I, I think I hope that these will be helpful for you. And and the other thing about it is if you are not taking commissions right now and you're thinking about this in your mind, you're kind of weighing the pros and the cons. You do have to ask yourself um, a lot of these things like, do you think that it's going to be something that you will enjoy? Do you enjoy deadlines? Do you enjoy doing something that helps you to grow as an artist, uh, but at the same time, demand something of you. You're not the designer of this creativity. You are acting upon something else that someone is telling you to create. And so you have to think about that as well. So, And if you are taking commissions, one last thought, do not be afraid to say you cannot work from a reference photo. And I, we've talked about this so many times in the podcast, but don't be afraid to say that photo, you're not going to get the quality of work you want from me from that. I would say that's probably the biggest mistake that I made early on. And even even when I knew I should not have taken some commissions, I did because I thought I, I want to do it because I, I want to help. And so, uh, a pet passed away. Uh, one time a child passed away and things like that. And so I, I did it because I felt bad. But yeah, it, looking back, those were all mistakes. And so, yeah, don't do something because of emotion like that. Yeah. So maybe you would like to add to this list and we would like to hear what your opinions are. You can comment over in the show notes, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. This is a weekly show. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.